Welcome to podcast 210 of Five Star Potential. Bloody hell, that sounds weird. Uh, your, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave and Dupe. Welcome gentlemen, hello. The double hello. D. The double D. It's been a while since double you've been D's. surrounded by double Ds, man. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been surrounded by double Ds, to be honest. No, we've been in the same room, haven't we? <laughs> Anyway, on that note, um, say goodbye, folks. No, uh, <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> uh, coming up on this week's pod, we'll be chatting about difficult decisions and we'll have a quiz from Mr. Azapardi too. But first, we have a Dave from the man himself about his adventures in Portugal. Uh, David, what's what's happening? What's new? So, yeah, I think um, the last time I did an update was at the end of my second season, I think. So... I'm about halfway through my third season now. Um, I've just hit the winter break because it's the 2022 World Cup. So just start of November, hit the winter break. But it's been a really, really strong start to the season. I've, I've sort of went into this campaign with the mentality that it's possibly going to be my last full season on FM. So let's just, just go for it. Um, money is almost no object in some senses. And I think I said on the on the last podcast when I was talking about it, I said my team is strong. Um, but it could be a hell of a lot stronger if I really wanted it to. Um, so we went, you know, we went balls deep in the window. So I think I did um, mention it very briefly a couple of pods ago. Uh, that I had a guy called Bruno Tabata, who was a very talented winger for me. Um, but for some reason, he had a 75% sell-on clause for his, his old club. So if I were to sell him, they would get 75% of that. So it wasn't really worth me selling. Um, and then I had a brainwave that maybe I could use him in a in a uh, part exchange deal. Um, so Manchester United were an interested club. And in the end, I part exchanged him for Aaron Wambisaka. I did have Pedro Porro as my main right back, but I, I ended up selling him on and brought Wambisaka in, which I thought was a bit of a masterstroke, really, uh, from from myself. Um, but in the end, we went, yeah, ham in the in the transfer window. Cristiano Ronaldo came in on a free. Um, he was a target that we that I'd sort of identified at the start of last season. Um, <laughs> as Dupe's doing the I'm excited. We're not going to talk yeah. about IOL football, but I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we brought Ronaldo in. Um, I was umming and ahhing about it a little bit uh, because I had him before on the network save for AC Milan and he was okay, but he wasn't phenomenal. But I brought him in. Um, he was always interested because of obviously it was being sporting. And in the end, I got him on 155 grand a week, which I think is acceptable um like last season <laughs> going to say very good then <laughs> no no uh, last season <laughs> last season I, I gave myself a pretty strict i said to myself i wanted a pretty strict wage budget but like i said earlier i wanted to just go for it so i bought ronaldo in on that on that amount i bought mason greenwood in on loan so a very man united heavy uh you know influence at, at early window uh, brought nuno tavares who's obviously at Bar- um at arsenal now sorry as a backup left back Milinkovic from uh, who was at Bayern uh, in, in game signing for 31 million a very good centre half Musa Wage from uh, Barca as a backup right back Usman Dembele again on a free so we're just stacking all the areas really and I, my, my thinking with Dembele was that I had very loads of talented wingers but you know if it ever came to you know he got upset or I could sell him on in the January or the summer I'm going to get instant profit on him and he's been alright um, goalkeeper was an option 
Um, we had uh, Maximiano, who's a young Portuguese lad before. Who again was okay, but nowhere near good enough. So I bought in Altai Bayendir, uh, the Turkish goalkeeper. I think it was hit between him and uh, Dupe. You had the one, was it Kakir, the other goalkeeper? <laughs> Hang on, are you asking me for pronunciation, yeah, Dave? Kakir, <laughs> I think, was the other one. Kahir, yeah, like that's the, the, the Turkish the guy. Yeah, that's, that's the chap. <laughs> we had that chap. He's really good. Yeah, so he went to... Uh, Dortmund, I think. So I bought this guy in from Fenerbahce for just under 20 million. Uh, Bubakari Samare, who's just joined Leicester in real life. I signed in from Lille as a backup box to box. It, that was a, a weird sign, and I managed to get him for about 13 million, and he only wanted nine grand a week, which I thought was really decent, to be fair. So he's come in. Um, a guy from Cologne called Sebastian Bornorf. Um, I've never heard of him before, but he's a really yeah. I'd, I'd say it's Bornov, or it more, might be Bornau if he's if he's Belgian. And really, really good. Unfortunately, he had a pretty major injury at the start of the season, so not seen much of him yet. And then finally, Adama Traore, who we did have on loan last season, was phenomenal. I decided against signing him, um, but then I thought I saw him on you know Wolves wanted to get rid of him, and I thought I've got I've got to bring him in. So he's been phenomenal. But that we spent 148 million. I brought 105 million in. Um, so, you know, sales, you know, loads of money flowing, really. So a really positive transfer window. Dave, if you do struggle with Usman Dembele, um, yeah. something I did in the network, so remember I had him at Napoli for a bit, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did, actually, I got because I got him on a free. Um, I actually played in Mazala for a little bit, right? Mazzala. And he did very well. Yet, yeah, crazy, I know. But he has very good attributes. His composure and his decision-making was a little bit low. Lower than I'd, ex I'd like it, but everywhere else you'd expect Mazala attributes he was very good at. And mm. uh, he just seemed to have the the, the dribbling and he, he just seemed to enjoy that that role quite nicely. Uh, come, you know, it, and obviously with his finishing as well, he was, he was he was quite apt at that too. So, yeah, it was um, just, you know, just a little a little nugget to try in different things. Um, you know, because obviously like the Mazala being the half, end. you know, like going wide and being slightly... Half winger esque, right? Um, it, it was good. The one thing I've taken from all of your transfer <laughs> sort of business, Dave, is the fact that you actually got a swap deal to work. But I it, it, <laughs> never have I ever seen that go through. They all someone always reject, rejects a contract and it just fucks it. Yeah, I, I to be fair, I had to put a little bit of money on top to get Aaron Wambasaka, and a lot of my chat just didn't really understand why I did that. Um, but he, he's he's really decent in game and he won Bissaka. I mean, maxed out tackling at 20. His physicals are Real really fit. good as well. Um, and his wage, he's only on 45 grand a week, which again, I didn't think was too bad at all. Um, but yeah, got that to work. And like I said, the only the main reason I tried it was just because of that ridiculous sell-on clause. But now I've got it to work. I'm definitely going to try it out in the future. But like you say, even if, you know, even if he can find somebody acceptable... Um, the swap deals normally the 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 selling club want a ridiculous amount on top of the exchanged player, so I think I spent about ten million on top for Wambasaka, which I don't think it was too bad overall. But um, definitely going to try and look at doing that a little bit more in the future. But just looking at the the league so far, unfortunately we lost our opening game uh, of the season, which was in the Super Cup against Porto. But other than that, it's been immaculate in in the league. Um, we've you know we've dropped a couple of points here and there, which is frustrating. But my last stream was phenomenal. We were winning games. Um, just looking now, we won six nil in the cup, five nil in. We went through about six games without actually playing in the league because we had Champions League games, uh, the Portuguese Cup. 
the League Cup, which is weird as well. Um, but yeah, we won. You know, we were winning games six and seven nil, which was phenomenal. And Ronaldo just hit the like hit the ground running. A little bit of a slow start, but sort of from about three or four games in, he's phenomenal. Tried him at left wing a little bit more rather than as a number nine, just because he's slightly lower in obviously pace now. Um, but I've, I, the last last stream, I put him back up top and. Just looking at it now, I'm just trying to find out. Yeah, he scored 15 goals in 10 games as a striker and five goals in six <laughs> as a left winger. So in all comps, he's got 20 goals in 16. And it's not just the league, though. He scored seven goals in five in the Champions League and 12 goals in nine in the uh, in, in the Portuguese Premier League. So, I mean, if I ignore his physicals, it just looks absolutely ridiculous at the minute. And the alcoholic Paul Merson thinks he's going to struggle. Madness. Um, <laughs> Dave, you mentioned Champions League there. Obviously, with me being at, when I was at Ajax, that was kind of one of the difficult bits. The league was quite straightforward, but they, that was difficult. How are you finding that? Are you Have you gone far with, with, with them? Uh, last, se- last season was the one where I, I was annoying because I blitzed the group fairly easily and then got through to the first knockout round and got a, in what I thought a fairly favourable draw against Roma and they beat me like 5-0 in the first leg and that obviously just wrote us off. Um, our group this season was pretty straightforward. We had Dortmund, Monaco and Olympiacos and we topped that group with 16 points. So again, I, we didn't lose in that group at all. Um, so I am, you know, I'm hoping that we can do slightly better in the Champions League. I'm not expecting to win it, but you never know with the way we're playing at the minute with Ronaldo firing, we we may well do it. But like I said, like before last season, my depth wasn't great, but now I've got like as backups. I've got Sebastian Coates, who's playing quite a lot at the minute, but he'll be a backup soon. A young guy called Gonzalo Inacio, who's a really good centre half, who's a backup. Um, that Samare, who I said, Braganza is a backup. Jadas, who Jadas has been, I think I mentioned him on the last on the last podcast, and someone actually asked me who uh, who he was because they wanted to sign him. Um, he didn't get a kick last season, really, and he's coming this season, and he scored four goals in in five starts, which is really not bad at all. So he's uh, he's somebody that maybe in the future, because of the amount of goals he's getting now, his value shot up. I can maybe get a bit of money for him, and then my attacking options are filth. Um, I got Pedro Gonçalves playing as a number ten, but these are my attacking players now: Adama Traore, Usman Dembele, Thiago Tomas, who's just come back off a long-term injury. Yusufa Moikoko, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Mason Greenwood. So you know, in the Portuguese league, absolutely scary. Um, and the fact that I can, I'm struggling to give Moikoko game time. I think says it all with how strong we are. But top of the league, smashing the Champions League at the moment, smashing the cups. And uh, hopefully after this long international break, we can we can look forward to trying to win a few more trophies. Just as a little heads up, Dave, that Mukoko guy, pretty yeah. good. Play him, he's pretty good. His record isn't too bad, but it's, it's for me just trying to find where the best place is to play him. Um, up front, advance forward it is insane for me. What, what do I play advance forward? Yeah, yeah, I do. See, it's a tactic it's, I sent you, right? It's do, yeah. it's do I do, oh no this one's got Tilpasset on the top left of this one <laughs> um, no it, it's it, do I shove Ronaldo out to the left to accommodate Moikoko up top and that's honestly I haven't got the save file in front of me but it probably will probably be my turn for a save update next week or the week after and we'll, we'll touch upon him then because yeah. in my save I'm trying to get him back at Bayern and Bayern will not take anything left oh, sorry I'm, I'm trying to get him back from Ajax to Bayern 
or Inter to Bayern, and Inter will not take anything less than three hundred million pounds up front plus more. I'm just like, looking at him now. He's though. insane. Seventeen years of age, and his attributes are absolutely filthy. It's basically absolutely. Mason Greenwood. Yeah, well, Gr- Greenwood for me as well has been all right. He's grabbed goals. Um, just looking at him now. Greenwood only, yeah, Green, only, Greenwood's, Greenwood scored me nine goals as well. He scored four in four in the Champions League. I was just going to say in five in the league. Greenwood only scores against crap sides. Though, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Move on, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get one dig in, Dave. We're recording this Sunday night, by the way. Peek behind the curtains. <laughs> Yes, uh, well, that does um, round that section off quite nicely. Thank you very much, Dave. It'll be Thank interesting you. to see how how this sort of final season goes for you. Um, with it, well, I guess it will depend on when the when we get some more announcements for uh, for FM twenty two, which we've been told is a thing, but not actually a thing, but might still be a thing at this point. We Should don't really know. I mean, we're not, we've normally had something confirming it's going to be a thing by August, and we're nearly done now, so who knows. Spotlight time, gentlemen. Now, this, this comes from the pen, penmanship of dupe, and it's really well written, so I would want to do it justice. Okay, no, I can't do this. It's Joe's, it's Joe's it? yeah. I, I mean, of course it's fucking Joe's. I mean, it's got full stops and commas and... You mean grammar, what's, what's that little bit in between the U and the R-E? I ain't got a clue, mate. It's got stuff, all right? <laughs> It's got stuff. Well, there we go. So unfortunately, now I'm honest. I'm honest, and you know, I, I can't honest. lie. My mum listens to this, and I, you know, I like to keep my integrity. <laughs> if Dude if 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 broke this script, it wouldn't say spotlight. It'd say like light spot or something. I'd fucking yeah. <laughs> it up, wouldn't I? Yeah. Like Joey I mean, on fair, Friends. It's, it, it's a template, and it still managed to fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, I was honest. Yes. You were, finally. Uh, when it comes to football manager, you're a manager, a coach, a businessman, a father figure to some. Uh, it takes all you have. Decision making is the very essence of the game we play and we thought it would be good to see how each of us would manage a particular scenario with our individual managerial styles, uh, not assistant manager styles, Curti. Um, oh. <laughs> that was a cheap pump. Uh, cheap pump. <laughs> I don't think he does come cheap, not these days. Uh, anyway, um, till pass it, etc. So, <laughs> so uh, scenario one then. Um, we've 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 covered on a bit of this a few weeks ago actually, but this is more more specific, I think. And so we'll, it'll be interesting to see how we would respond should this scenario. And I do think they are quite heavily weighted towards real life situations too which is always lovely so your star player possibly your captain wants to leave the club to match his ambitions you might have heard this one hmm eyes emoji mr kane uh, he's given you his best years and you're certain to get a return on your investment disregard his request and you face the wrath of his teammates accept his decision and face the wrath of the fans what would you do first and foremost just like to say we are not Tottenham Hotspur podcast. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it could be, it could, it could be Jack Grealish. It could be, yes, yes, or Cristiano Ronaldo because he left Juventus. wasn't He wasn't a captain at Juventus, though, was he? He's a captain in my eyes. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what would I do? First and foremost, um, it's my club. Uh, I make the decisions, not my, not him. So I would first and foremost try and keep him. 
Uh, I wouldn't ask him what he what he would take. I'd look at his contract, see how long he's got left. If it's less than two years, I would probably look to ship or maybe kind of look at pushing it to 18 months because I still think you can get him to sign a new contract, even if you upset him and the team. But for me, shove him in. Just don't let, don't play him for a bit, and he'll he'll soon turn around. I'm sure. If he doesn't, then you've got an expensive mistake on your hands. But I haven't really had that issue where they've gone too quickly. I've been able to kind of do things and then and then magically go. We don't want to re- uh, transfer requests anymore, and then they'll sign a new contract. I think one of the things that is quite crucial is if I know they're a star player, but if you can get a replacement in for what you what money you could get for argument's sake. So, you know, if you got a player that your star player, you reckon you can get about fifty million pounds for. If you can get a replacement, almost like for like or very similar quality for in and around that sort of price, and I think it's worth it's worth doing. But I think we've all had that battle sometimes, and I think there there are ways you can win that battle with players. I remember years ago, Teach, or back in the day, used to always drop the players if they wanted to leave the club. Fergie way. Yeah, yeah, that was, I think it was Pogba, I remember, on that series, and then he dropped Pogba, and within a few weeks, he'd realised, you know, he wasn't playing and removed his transfer request. And, you know, there are ways around it, and I think if you're clever enough with it, you can you can sort it out. But, yeah, if they're being very, very stubborn, and like you say, the contract situation as well, um it's your club and morale is such a big thing in football manager you want to make sure the morale's right and if they're stinking out the place then it's probably not worth keeping them around I think it does depend on the club as well Mm -hmm. Um, but I've had a I've been quite fortunate generally with transfers in my Bournemouth save where I've, they've been, most of the bids like mass I've had some massive bids for players that aren't like worth double their value for um the Moose, <laughs> uh, Julian von Moose, who I signed for like 12 million, I think. Uh, and then one of the Chinese clubs comes in and offers 54 million, just like that. And I was like, he's worth 30 at the moment. He's not a mate, he's not been great. And I, I the initial bid I rejected, uh, thinking I might be able to get a tune out of him. He's not a key player, but I just get, they just come in with ridiculous bids. So, but equally, I'm quite fortunate that. All of the like the players don't really want to want to go to China. They they don't care. So or they have to, or the the one thing I use for my main decision there is are they interested in moving? Because if they're interested in moving, then I'll pretty much say yes as long as I've got someone who I can bring in. Because that's the other difficulty you have is you, whilst you can sell them for however much more than their actual value, are you able to then replace them with? equal or maybe slightly below their level of quality with the money you're bringing in plus obviously the wage difference it's nice that if you're a big club or if you're joe you will always have someone as a a backup ready ready to go um some of us aren't always as lucky like bournemouth I, i said said i think last week about like the general lack of depth across the board just because i just i can't i'm struggling to find players to to sign who are worth the value in signing them, knowing that they're going to kick up a stink because I can't play them. Uh, so th- this is always a tough one, especially as you've said, Dave, about like dynamics and it's it's yeah. quite easy to disrupt things. I think I'm fortunate in my own personal situation with Bournemouth is that I've got a lot of long, like long-standing players who I can get to sort pretty much all of the problems out. I've got Arsenal stiffing around Lewis Cook for the past two seasons, maybe. 
and I'll be, I always get him to talk to, talk to himself and he'll sort himself out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and any any other problems like that, I generally can can escape any of the issues with teammates, fortunately. Yeah, again, just really quickly, just two more points for me. The, 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 the club is massive. So um, if for me, it's its true value that you'll get. So as much as you might get 50 million, if you're only getting 35% of that, that's a real. T- yeah. That makes that task even tougher. Again, dependent on the club. The second thing is, is, is you mentioned about the club dynamic. If you're struggling, and he wants to go to a bigger club, you, you, your hands are really tied. I feel because, like you said, the morale will be busted. If you're at the top, you know, and you are winning every single game, I don't mind taking a hit of morale because you know, with the wins, it's going to carry on. That morale is just going to carry on and go back up again. So it, it is very variant on if you're bottom of the league, it's. It's, it's tough, but I think if you're on the top of the top of the mountain, it, it should be a lot easier for you. Well, that's the other thing. If you're building up a club as well, and you're you're in a division below, for example, how the how the hell are you going to keep hold of someone who is dragged? Like if you even if you've just like you're in the the Norwich scenario where you've you've just got promoted, you managed to convince one of your players to stay when you got relegated, and then he goes and leaves. Not even for a, like they're not a top club but they're certainly more likely to stay in the division that you've just got promoted to than you are yeah. like Buendia's gone like when using the example of Buendia so you've already moved into the next division but you're equally like weakened to fuck because you've lost arguably your best player uh, so it, it's a, it is a tough one and like you said dude like convincing i don't know how you convince a player to say actually no i'm i'm staying for the long term even though we may go back down again. Stitch him with so. a contract, right? But like, yeah, it's it's difficult. And, and the only thing I will say is is like I, I found it in the in the intersave that I'm promising these players that because we finished sixth when I took over, so we were not in Europe or nothing. You know, we're in the Europa League, so everyone's like, oh, I want a Champions League, and I'm promising all these people, yeah, yeah, we'll get it next year, we'll get it next year. And you know, you've got to be careful because if you don't, you are going to have literally a riot on your hands with six or seven players who go, right, I'm going. You didn't, you, you've broken promises. And uh, there's no way I, back I, from that. I think <laughs> the key takeaway from this is promise nothing. <laughs> deliver nothing <laughs> and deliver yeah, as much as yeah, you can. <laughs> don't, don't set yourself up for a fall if you can avoid it. I do try to, unless I think Trincao is probably the most recent signing I'd made where I, I he just wouldn't agree to anything other than sort of you have to almost basically guarantee European football for the next however long mm. uh, but everyone else I just get rid of as much as possible and whatever whatever squad status they ask for I drop it down one at least j- j- just in case um, I think the only one I couldn't do that with was Chris Mepham the Welsh centre half and it's only because I didn't I don't he doesn't really play but he equally doesn't moan that he's not playing and I'm only getting bids from lower championship clubs so he's not that interested in moving so I can I, he's just signed a new contract but I had to get had to agree to important player status even though he's played a handful of games over the past two seasons because he's just not sort of as good as the other players I've got but he's a very handy backup uh, anyway we'll move on to to the next scenario which is a high value player in your squad has 12 months remaining on his contract. He has no interest in re-signing, but you don't have the budget to replace him nor a suitable replacement. Can you convince him to stay or will you cash in early? I think I think this one again sort of a little bit depends on the level. If you're at the top level, I always well, 
if they're high value as well, the longer you go into that season, obviously the more you risk the value dropping. And then by obviously January, you risk, you know, foreign clubs coming in to sort of taking him on a pre-contract. So um, I think top level, I, I normally would cash in, um, especially if they're high value. Normally, you know, if you don't have the budget to replace him, obviously you make sure you're getting a half decent, um, half decent amount of money for him. I, I normally cash in quite early on stuff like that but if it's lower level if you're like non-league level league 2 level and you think you can get promoted I think it's worth and, and they're a key player I think it's worth taking the risk using them as much as you can try and get the promotion or you know win the league um, and then from from the next season obviously one you know if they if they turn their head around and say right okay sound we're, we're, we're promoted I'll stay at the club then great or if not you know you, you're you've Increase your reputation as a club, and you're more likely to get a half decent replacement in. Get your bingo cards out. I can only but uh, echo that, Dave. That's a really good idea. Yeah, uh, exactly that. If if you can if you can get more strength, but uh, keep him. But for me, yeah, twelve months got to go. Mbappe. If it was if I was them, if he ain't if he's convinced he's not going to do it, it's, it's time to say goodbye. Well, how many turnarounds do you see in real life? They're not not very often. Do you see them? turn around after like you can pretty much that's why we get clubs now handing enormous contracts like four-year contracts to people that they want to tie down for the long term because they they don't want to run the risk of handing out like two yearly extensions every two years yeah. which i think you, you i think you do get some clubs in the habit of doing and it ends up costing them a fortune in signing on fees each time uh, but my my little trick that i tend to do is I, i'm very similar to you do i will probably sell I, I keep quite a close eye on contracts and I think the game itself does a very good job of telling you whose contracts are, are coming up for renewal a year in advance as well so you can plan at least a year ahead but if I'm selling someone on knowing that I, like, I'm trying to get as much money for them as possible I'll always try and lock in the sell next transfer with, like like selling as far ahead as I can so I basically get them if it's someone comes in for someone in January I'll try and get them to do it for the next transfer window, so the summer. So at least I've got that half season to plan for. And it, again, it's dependent on when, because I, I wouldn't do that in the summer because if someone comes in for them in the summer, I should have enough time to plan. But if it's if it's the winter transfer window where they come in, and especially if you're in a weird league as well, maybe you, but the the contracts are a bit different to pretty much everywhere else. Like if you're playing in Sweden or America, for example, um, where the 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 synchronization of the the contracts ending sort of they end in the winter rather than the summer um but i will usually try and and sort of get as much out almost like a best of both worlds of what you're doing really get as much money for them as i can but also keep them for as long as possible either that or get them to loan them back especially if it's a big club and i'm a championship club and they're not likely to get game time that's uh, another little trick i do to try and keep them for a bit longer than i should i uh was having a chat with um Jace today, one of my mods, and he uh, he was playing his save, and he had a news article say, coming up saying that he's going to potentially lose one of his players as they have 19 months left on their contract. <laughs> yeah, I see that quite a bit sometimes. I've seen that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a hell of a heads up, right? <laughs> you know, like nine times out of ten, people are signing like two-year, three-year contracts, four-year contracts. And it's like, I've seen the 18 months one. Yeah, yeah I've definitely seen that. 19 well. months, was that's, I, I don't think I've seen further than that. Strange, eh? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird number as well. 
And a, like I mean, it was like Scottish football, so you never know. Uh, explains a lot. Maybe just, <laughs> just can't read. <laughs> Get a fuck, etc. The accent uh, was strong. It could have been nine, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, scenario number three. It's transfer deadline day, and you have a player that's part of your first team squad but has been unhappy for some time. An offer comes in that will see you make a profit, but you won't have time to reinvest. What's the plan? Oh, that's probably the worst one so far, I'd say. If he's unhappy, I'm getting rid. But I'm not leaving myself really sure. I need to make sure I've got someone or some... I need to make sure there's someone that can cover up. I've got it at the moment. I've not... I've, I, I let one of my right-backs go at Bayern Munich because he wanted to go and I made good money from him. But I'm currently playing as a backup. I've got a centre midfielder who can kind of play right back and it's like oh I don't like this but it was a snap decision it was late in the window and I didn't have time to get Benjamin Hendricks in just to cover but I just think an unhappy soul can really cause a horrible kind of series of events in the club and I think it is better to let him go if it if it leaves a hole in my squad I'd say no regardless of you know if it's making you a profit um well i say that depending on how much profit you know if we're talking millions and millions of profit one and billion sound, pounds yeah, yeah but if it you know if it's not major profit or if i'm only breaking even but it's going to leave a hole in my squad I, I would say no um i think i've spoken about the situation before when when i had angelino at wolves his release clause got activated on on deadline day and i had to sort of Take a bit of a gamble in the end. I did have money for a replacement, to be fair, but he was he wasn't scouted, and I went with Nuno Mendes, the the left back. And obviously, I know he's good on FM, but you know his attributes can vary, save to save. But fortunately, you know I, he he joined and he was half decent. But yeah, it it depends on amount of profit really, and if I've already got players in that position. But if it's going to leave a hole in my squad and it's not really going to gain me much money, then for me, I, I would say no. I will usually gamble if it's a striker because you can amend a formation to accommodate that. But if it's a midfielder or or maybe even a fullback, which are sort of quite rare, unless it's a unless they've met a release clause, then I will let them go usually, just because I can't be asked dealing with the faff of of them whining any longer. I've not really had too many of of these sorts of things crop up really, especially on deadline day. I've normally, I've tried to get better at not being sort of dragged into the deadline day drama so much in this save. And I usually have sewn up most of my own business well in advance. And I've tried to sell the players that I know are leaving a a window ahead of when we get to them. So I know who's going. So I've had sort of six months to, to work out who I'm going for myself. But, um, I've had a couple where I've had like a, I've accepted the bid and then they've rejected the contract and ended up not going. And I've already sort of tried to start putting plans in place anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably, I guess, I guess I've been a bit too boring and not lived for the save and done things on deadline day, but there you go. Uh, best thing to do is just not take part, not put the yellow tie on and just basically say, right, deadline day is the day before and anyone, you know, no, not talking to anyone. Because if you reject a bid and they're like, ah, oh, you've just priced me out of the move. You could then just like offer them out and chuck chuck a massive like 
request for how much you want to pay they want how much you want for them and kind of get away with it with that one but yeah maybe we should just start going no cancel with deadline day is a no-go i think if it, if it's a i've had a couple that where it's sort of a late like a late loan which is a i guess it's kind of similar to the adama situation with spurs really where they're they're trying to be a bit sneaky with the the loan for a season Jeez. and then sort of yeah basically take the piss a bit and but then if the money's been good i've been usually i'll probably just say yes anyway um but but that's pretty much it i've not really had any permanent deals but then i'm i'm bournemouth i'm not some like massive powerhouse i don't have like a lot of surplus players anyway and i i usually can't really afford to i can afford to lose one first teamer like in that sort of situation i couldn't afford to lose two cuz that'd mm. leave me leave me quite short i've let let a Brazilian midfielder who I signed, who just turned out to not be very good and was a whiny little bitch. So I, I, so I he's gone to he's one of the players I've, who's gone to China. Um, I've made a decent, I made a, sort of a tidy profit on him, but equally I had other players to fill in, and I've got a youth player that I've actually brought back on loan or brought back from loan to sort of fill in the void he's left um, because he's not getting game time where he's at anyway. So it kind of worked out in the end that's probably the last bit of transfer business i did I, th- I don't know if it was deadline day but it's quite late in the window so i was quite fortunate that i could sort of recall that player to fill in that hole um i guess that that's kind of my plan really uh, if i can i will um but if not then i'll be a pussy about it just really quickly shoe on the other foot i love just going in on deadline day and trying to sneak a little cheeky loan deal or a cheeky deal in there because People become desperate and then you can unsettle them very quickly and the decisions have to be made so quickly. And I think the game captures that quite well on deadline day because sometimes you do a transfer and it Rafa Varane's it, you know, it takes fucking months for it to go through. Whereas on deadline day, like it's just like it's so quick and you can actually kind of find yourself getting a really good deal. Loan loan deals are really um it's quite an how can I I don't want to say overpowered uh, tool, but a very useful tool, I think. Um, I don't know if many people do, but I always do. If there's a transfer listed player and I don't really want to spend the money on him, you can so easily get a player on loan uh, that's on the transfer list. Obviously, just put a loan offer in and then put an option to buy of the mm-hmm. amount of money they want for him. And then nine times out of ten, they'll accept the, the bid, really. Um, I've done that so many times. And if it works out and they're fantastic, then great. At the end of the season, you can buy them. Um, or if you weren't convinced, then that's it. You can let them go. Normally, you'd probably get them on a cheaper contract than you would if you purchased them. Um, the the mm. other thing I would also say, sorry, Matt, I know we're not doing tips, but little things I've found recently is coming up to the transfer deadline day, as we're talking about it, is just double check the transfer list and the loan list because players do get added on quite late on yeah, into the, into that. And there's times where you'll go in and you'll go, do, yeah, you'll go, oh, this guy was never there. Transfer Transfer deadline day. That is the first thing I'll do, even yeah. if I'm not really that bothered. I don't need anyone. Oh, you always get just tempted. in case. Yeah, every time you get drawn in, um, and then I think that the other thing you need to consider at this sort of situation is uh, like the the registration rules for your leagues and how many <laughs> foreign nationals you can have. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Brexit. I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm. I'm in Germany. I can do what the hell I like. It's amazing. <clears throat> Didn't you, didn't you screw up in Italy? What was it in Italy? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, that was at Palermo last year. I signed too many non-EU. Well, I'm not going to go into it. Let's just move on. <laughs> but yes, as on the surface, I may not have had enough space to register them. In my head, 
And in my thoughts, we should have. And I think it was a glitch in the game, but we're not going to go down that road. Well, same MLS, the first ever time I managed there. I signed a player and then on the draft, I lost him because I didn't register him properly or something. <laughs> Paid money for someone and he's gone. <laughs> the MLS is, yeah. We're not, again, we're not going to go down that road, but <laughs> it, you have to take that one slow, Dave. You can't speed yeah, through the MLS. Uh, uh. Okay, uh, penultimate scenario then, gents. Uh, one of your established pros turns 30 and with that comes a request for a new contract. You think that it's a reasonable request, but when you enter negotiations, he wants twice the wage he's currently on, which puts you in an awkward position. How do you manage his expectations? As I've got nine months left of being 29, I'm going to say 30 is way too old. Uh, the minute that somebody turns 30, they're dead to me on Football Manager. So uh, I would never even think about getting into negotiations with them. My, my, the, my question would be, is he prime two guy? <laughs> and if it is then yes is the answer I'll give him he's worth <laughs> every penny <laughs> yeah. for, for me I've always, I'm all, I've always built younger squads um, my average age of my squads are always very young we, you know, so I would in all seriousness I would probably walk away from it uh, maybe if it was this, like if I had a bit of sentimental value I might push it but apart from that like no he's, he's 30 I want I want younger players yeah, I think, you know, obviously doubling the wage sounds very, very excessive. It depends, really, because you can get that quite often. You know, if you if he's been on a quite a long contract at a team, maybe you started in League One, the Championship, or you're in the Premier League now, and he's expecting, you know, maybe from 10 grand to 20 grand or, you know. But if we're talking bigger money, it really, really does depend. Um, you say established pro, but is he, although he's established, does that mean he's one of your better players? But nine times out of ten, if a player's wanting that much money and they're not that important to me, normally the next window I'm going to be looking at his next his next move, to be honest. But like Dupe said, you know, at 30 years of age, you want good value. You know, you can't be giving three or four-year contracts out to a player that's more than likely past its, his prime. And you've got to be getting your value for money. So if he's wanting stupid amounts of money, then it's probably time to move him on. Yeah, I was going to say, you're never going to get that value from him. It also depends on your wage structure, right? If he's already the highest paid earner and you're doubling it, it's yeah. a bit crazy. I found a really weird stat today that Phil Foden is on 12 grand a week. Raheem Sterling earns what Phil Foden does in a year over two weeks. So, like, it's very oh, difficult. Yeah. yeah, I know, 12 grand. It blew my mind. But what I'm getting at there is, is that the division in that club now is that it, it's massive. So if your guy is already on a lot of money... And you're doubling that. That could affect your your squad dynamics. I had a, a similar sort of situation at Bournemouth, actually. Steve Cook, I think, he'd just turned 31 and we'd been promoted. I think we'd, I can't remember if we'd just been promoted or we'd sort of survived our first season back in, in the Prem. But he, his contract was coming. I think he had 12 months left. or uh, And so we were negotiating a new one. And he came in with like double the demands. I think he went from like 35 to 70. And I had the same with uh, Begovic as well, who I just binned off because he, he was awful. Um, so that was an easy decision. But Steve Cook was a bit more difficult because he was the captain. And trying to replace him, he still had a couple of good years in him, I think, anyway. Um, in the end, I took the risk and... I, I think I let his contract run down instead uh, of offering him a new one in the end because he, ju he just wouldn't sign one. And then I think I sold him to Burnley in the January for, for whatever the remainder of his contract was. 
and he's been awful and he, I think they got relegated when he was there. So I think I've won that one, really. So that's pretty much... I think it depends on the situation. It'll be a situational basis, won't it? Like it's, yeah. If it was your key player, I think you'd be a bit... And obviously the sentimentality there, I think... Steve Cook was quite like a difficult one because of I thought the impact on the dynamics might be quite bad, but I was surprised at how little it affected it because I've still got other key players who have been there for a long time. So I've, I've got the likes of Lewis Cook and um, Chris Mepham and a few others as well. Um, I think I'm I think I kind of I think I'm kind of fortunate really. I think if if it it had been the season where they were in the Premier League at the season they got relegated before they lost a few of their other key players who who went on after being relegated i think it'd have been a bit more difficult but cuz quite a few of those had already moved on there wasn't so many of the the real standouts there that had sort of were going to upset the upper car. i think steve cook was the last the last stalwart of those sort of players who had sort of gone up from league 1 all the way to the ch- uh, championship and then the premier league and back down again so there we go. Uh, final one then, gents. Um, you've made it to the cup final. You've played your cup goalkeeper in every round, but now you have the chance to win some silverware. Do you go full strength or do you stay loyal to the keeper? Wouldn't it just be FM if the cup goalkeeper was the one to make a mistake? Can you take the risk? Nah, if that. When you get to a final, it's full strength, man. Full <laughs> what strength. are you, 11, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Full strength, I am, mate. I nah I um yeah I mean ch- ch- to be fair Champions League and stuff I tend to use um I suppose it it depends on the strength of both both your goalkeepers Champions League I always use strongest goalkeeper anyway League Cup and you know FA Cup or whatever I do use backup goalkeepers but now nah, when it comes to the final full strength for me I don't have no cup elevens for that so um yeah. I'm I'm loyal to the number one for uh, for those big games. John Ruddy dislikes this. Um, <laughs> for me, I think it's I think again it's it's situ- it's it's all about the situation. So if it's my only possible chance of silverware, then yeah, probably first choice. If I've got the league in the bag, for example, and it's the Carabao Cup. That won't work because they they different ends of the year. But you know what I mean. Like <laughs> probably I would let my cup goalkeeper do it, but it also depends on. Depends on who you're playing as well. If you're playing a tough team or a rival, it could affect morale later down the season. Then you're going to want to beat them, especially in a cup final. So it is really difficult. But for me, I would tend to go towards playing my cup goalkeeper. But then the big spin is, is I rarely play a cup goalkeeper. I normally just keep my goalkeeper playing constantly, to be honest. Um, So that I'm kind of being a bit like fictional there because I, I don't normally have a, a cup team or a cup cup lineup. It's just my number one. I got full faith. I mean they don't do much. They just stand there. You know what I mean? So it's not like they get tired. Goalkeeping is like the easiest thing you can do on a pitch. I played goalkeeper. Like clearly it's easy. Yeah, look how that went. Um Yeah, it went really well, Matt. <laughs> it went semi pro if I didn't have field. a dodgy arm, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's when you went outfield that was the, that was the bigger problem <laughs> it, again it was hot um, the sun was in my eyes <laughs> I don't think that affects anything anyway two uh, pints of, it was a two pints of cider I had ten minutes before going on <laughs> rush of blood to the head yeah, something like that uh, 
But I think I'm very much the same with you. Uh, I don't really have a cup goalkeeper. I certainly don't sign one purely for that. I don't give them that role. It, I'll if I've drawn like weaker teams in the FA Cup or the League Cup, for example, I will play like the second goalkeeper in the early rounds if I've got a favourable draw. But if I haven't, I will go sort of full strength. Uh, there all are always the times when I forget as well. Um, and that's the, the like whether that's you forget to put them in or you forget to take them back out when you go to the league because no one uses quick pick, do they, Dave? Um, so, <laughs> so, so there's always that fear that you forget to put the the first teamer back in for one of your biggest games of the season, and then then he does drop the clangor in that much. I've done that recently in in the journeyman save that I was <laughs> do doing. Dave, that don't surprise me, mate. It doesn't. Uh, in the journeyman save I was doing, and we've, we had this, he was a good goalkeeper, I signed this new gen from Swansea, a Welsh goalkeeper, and I put him in for a cup game, we didn't take him out for a league game, we lost like 3-0, I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck's this keeper doing, and it turned out it was the backup keeper, and that's why, so. I've done yeah, it before, you, I've done it before, because I, I don't play a goalkeeper on the bench, again, <laughs> sorry, um, I don't I don't play a goalkeeper on the bench, if, if I, my goalkeeper gets injured, and I put my new guy, like the, the backup in. Sometimes I do forget to put when the new guy comes back or he's fit to put yeah. him back in. But um, yeah, I would never like purposely. I mean, you you got a best eleven, and like I said, the keeper just stands in a six-yard box the whole game. He's not going to get tired. Fatigue Giving is out nothing. on keepers. Jeez. Yeah. Let me know if you're goalkeeping your head. Is your dad a keeper, not a winger? No, he's definitely a winger. Um, <laughs> he was. To be honest, mate, he's a right winger, but we know you don't need to go down there. We're not that type of podcast. Yeah, let's let's not. Kurt is not here. Um, anyway, um, we'll round things off there. Probably is a good idea at this point. Um, let's move on to the quiz, Mister Razapardi, which I believe you have prepared for us. It's time for the quiz. Nineties yeah. football. No, no, no chance. <laughs> Um, to be fair, it wouldn't have been a bad idea if I did that, if I wasn't competing. Um, it's actually going to be about a player, and it could have so easily been Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's not. It's going to be about Lionel Messi. Of course, been a big summer for him. Probably one of the craziest summer windows in general uh, for a long, long time. So because there's only the two of you, we're going to do it like you'll have a question each, basically. So we'll do 10 questions, oh, so brilliant. five questions each. Okay. Um, so I, what I'll do is uh, tell you the question. If you can answer it without any options, you'll get three points. But if you obviously if it's a tricky question and you want an option, I'll give you a point. All right. Um, so because Duke made a dig about Wolves Man U earlier, Matt, I'll give you the option if you want to go first or second. <laughs> um, uh, I'll I'll go first. Cool. I didn't make a dig. I just made a factual comment. That was all. Oh, okay. Right. So yeah, all about Messi. So Matt. In which city was Messi born, living there until he signed for Barcelona as a 13-year-old? If you go for it and get it right, three points. Um, if you get it wrong, you're out and Duke will get a chance to jump in. Or so no options. If you want the options, yeah. We'll go for the options because I can still get that so wrong. The three <laughs> options are Buenos Aires, Rosario or Cordoba. Fuck. Uh... I even read Barca by Graham Hunter, but it was about four it's years ba- ago. He's not in Barca. Oh, sorry. No, the, there's a, an entire <laughs> chapter on Messi. 
So, but you, if you'd have read it, you'd know that. But I may as may as well not have either. I can't. Um, read. I'm <laughs> I'm going for Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires is incorrect. It was Rosario. Do I not get chance oh, to guess? Sorry, yeah, sorry, you should have, but yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, so he gets to go. Okay. No, no, no. I'll get, okay, if, we'll, if you so, get... we'll we'll scrap that then. We'll scrap yeah, that. That's scrap my bad. That rule. That's my bad. Dude. Yeah. That's my Wolves bad. played really well, Dave. No handovers. No, yeah, that's my bad. Rosario is no hand what? So no, handovers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer handover. Your question before signing for Barcelona. Which youth club did uh, Messi play for in Argentina? Didn't we just come up last week or a couple of weeks yeah, ago? It did, yeah. um, it it's Knob, isn't it? So it's um, Newell Old Boys. Yeah, correct. It is Newell's Old Boys. So three points to you, dude. Okay. Matt, which Barcelona manager gave Messi his Barca debut? Uh, Frank Rijkaard. Yes, three points. Very good, Matthew. There we go. Dupe, which mm-hmm. squad number did Messi wear during his early appearances for Barcelona's first team? 30. 30 is correct, yeah. That's his number at PSG. I was going to well. say, that's why he's gone to it as PSG, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well done. Um, Let me find the next question for you, sorry. It's quite a few questions here. Right, this one, this one, uh, to be Ten. fair, man, it's quite a tough one. Under which manager did Messi help Argentina to win Olympic gold in Beijing, two thousand and eight? Uh, Oscar Tavares or Tavares? Oh, he's gone for it. It's, it's inc- incorrect though. Um, it's actually Sergio Batista. So I think even with the options, uh, the options were going to be Jose Peckerman, Marcelo Bielsa, or Sergio Batista. I'm oh, not sure Peckerman if you would have got as it. Well, mm. I like you're reading this off Squawker, but we'll go. We'll uh, go we'll carry yeah, on. we move. Um, <laughs> <Sport> Bible. <laughs> yeah, but I do it in a better way, don't I? So. Well, yeah, you, you cocked it up. But go on. Uh, Dupe, in which yeah. year did Messi win his first Ballon d'Or? Oh, see, I think that both of those are pretty tricky questions. To be fair, obviously options are there if you need them. Oh, I might have to, you know, because yeah, go on. Okay, Your yeah, go on. Are, then. Okay, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, or two thousand and nine. When did they do the Ballon d'Or? Uh, do it like because well, before you said the options, I'm like, that's oh, the oh eight oh nine season. And now I don't know which one to go for. So, so do it at the end of the, of the year. Like, so, okay, so I'll go for the 09, 2009. Yeah, that's correct. That's a single point for you, Deep. 09, correct. I was hoping you'd do like 7, 9, 11 or something like that. I just looked it up. Oscar Tabarez has never managed Argentina or the Argentinians. Oh, oh, so. He does it better, apparently, Matt. He does it better. No, no. I, 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 he does do it better. I was just saying, I was, just, no, I, che- Matt, I was checking Matt's my answer. answer was like, the guy didn't I ever said, manage I it. said, yeah, yeah I was, he managed in Argentina, but he never, he's Uruguayan. So I was. All right, Matt, you back up. Uh, one question each left now. So, Matt, you need to try and get some points on the board if you can. I mean, you're still pretty comfortable, but 
In 2012, <laughs> in 2012, who did Messi replace as Barcelona's all-time leading scorer? Fuck. Uh, can I have some options? Yep. So the options are uh, Laszlo Kubala, Rivaldo, or Cesar Rodriguez. I can't see it being Rivaldo. Um, I have not heard of either of the two other players, so I'm going to go for. <laughs> I'm going to go for A. A Laszlo Kabala. Kabala is it? That's the guy off GTA, isn't it? Laszlo, that's the the radio guy. I don't know. But it's incorrect. It was Cesar Rodriguez. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did you not know that? Two hundred and thirty-one goals, and it stood for sixty years. Oh, sorry about that. Spanish football, it's a farmer's league. Yeah. <laughs> it <Doop>. is now. <laughs> Doing the ascendancy now, Dupe. Messi became the first player to score five goals in a Champions League game in 2012, but who was the team that he scored the five goals against? Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to have to ask for a question. What was, what, was it tell you, did you tell me the year or...? 2012, yeah. 2012, yeah. You're gonna have to. I, I don't remember it. So you have to tell me. So your options are Apoel, FC mm. Basel, or Bayer Leverkusen. I don't think it was Leverkusen, right? I mean, this is just a stab. Am I winning? Can I lose? Do I have to yeah, get you, it? Uh, no disrespect to Matt, but you're winning quite comfortably. <laughs> okay. Um. This Dig number two, Dave. Come on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I don't I don't have a clue. I can't really remember the others. I said by Leverkusen. So was it Basel? Basel? Let's go Basel. I don't think you'd do a Leverkusen. Basel. Um. No, it was by Leverkusen. Okay, <laughs> uh, it was in the last sixteen, actually. Basel beat him ten two on aggregate. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely smashed them. Right, Matt. This one. Um. I'm gonna give you a bit of, you know, a bit of slack with. Uh, 20, 2011, 2012 was Messi's best ever scoring season. But how many goals did he score? But I'll give you one either side if you can get it. A bit of slack, one either side. <laughs> I think that's fair. Which uh, season? 11, 12. Oh, to be fair. Is this in a calendar year or in a season? No, this is the, uh, this is the season. I think I think you'll get this one, Matt. If you did the options, I reckon oh, no, I, I, would, I wouldn't have got I it. I don't think even with the options. I'm gonna fifty-three. I don't 53. think I think it's it's either fifty or forty-six. I'm gonna go with fifty. It's seventy-three <laughs> in the in the league Seven. or total goals. No, in in one season. Oh right, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Best wow. ever scoring season scored 73 goals in 60 games. I know he did like a couple of seasons. I just got like... the three bit, right? So... <laughs> Get half a point, <laughs> man. giving you 20 either side. Even then, I don't think you would have right, so... <laughs> No, 20 would have worked. I'll finish, finish off, Dupe. Yeah. Uh, Messi became Argentina's all-time leading goal scorer, scoring a free kick against uh, the US in the 2016 Copa America semi-final. But which uh, player did he replace as all-time top goal scorer? This is for oh. Argentina. Oh, that's a tough one, Dave. Some good players. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask for... Oh, no, I 
reckon I know who it is. I'm going to have to ask. It's easier than you think. It probably is, but there's a couple. I don't know if it is, you know. Again, I don't think I would have got this. Go on then, give me the people. So it's Hernan Crespo. He's on my list. Gabriel Batistuta. Yeah. Or Diego Maradona. Yeah, okay, so I I had Aguero on my list as well. Of people like in my head who I think. never on that list, no. I'm, I don't know who it is. I'm just, just being uh, Yeah, I I don't think it's Maradona. So I think more would be made of that. I don't think it's Crespo. I'm going to go with Batistuta. Yeah, it's correct. Batistuta. I mean, that's just he had 52 was. goals at the time. Yeah. It's a stab, um, to be fair. And yeah, that is uh, the 10 questions on the career of Lionel Messi. And the final score are, are well, the final scores are in second place with three points, Matt. <laughs> Come on. Up the ticks. <laughs> and Duke way ahead with eight points. Is the winner for today. Hold on. Oh, I just want to say as well, I was distracted at the time because the sister-in-law's dog's just come up. Uh, the dog's left and also left me a present here. Um, oh, my God. Right here. And it stinks. Um, yeah. So just, yeah. So I was under pressure then, Matt. I can taste it, man. It's horrible. To be fair, it, it kind of looks like some of the stuff you eat, Dave, to be honest, so. Was lemon brown? pasta <laughs> <laughs> citrusy <laughs> on that note on that note indeed uh, <laughs> that does bring episode 210 to a close you can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting weestreamfm.com five star potential is available on iTunes Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week thank you all for listening there will be more from us next week Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks.